0: And this is Encounter with God here on Faith FM. Another clue for the quiz.
1: There was a miracle that just happened, Lyle. There was? Yeah. I actually know who Mick Malthouse is. You do? Yeah, isn't that amazing? I actually know who a sporting person is. <laughs> I think it's because when I grew up, the West Coast Eagles in WA were just like the hugest thing. And even if you didn't follow sport, it was like in your face so much, you just knew who they were. And he was the coach for a good long time. I just remember thinking Mick Malthouse was a really cool name. There you go. Also, Maltesers. It was uh-huh. a, it was a food association for me. Think, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, good on Mick Malthouse uh, being an Australian sporting hero and getting into whatever that was, Hall of Fame, Sporting Hall of Fame.
0: Indeed, congratulations. A
1: place I'll probably never visit. Although, although Lyle, when I was in Cape Town in South Africa. I did somehow manage to find myself in the Springbok Museum, and I don't mean the animals. I mean <laughs> and the you rugby. enjoyed it too. I had a banger of a time. I am not gonna lie, it, but it, <laughs> it was more because uh, I was very interested to see the, the history of uh, the sport when when apartheid was the political yeah, history. Yeah, the political history behind yeah. it. So yeah, and that was fascinating. And I saw exactly what I wanted to see there. Because yep. anyway, anyway, Amazing. anyway, we are so sidetracked. Congratulations, Mick Malthouse. This is our Who Am I quiz this morning. I am going to give you clue number four. The Philistine rulers were the ones who paid me. And if you're wondering what they were paid for, that was our previous clue. I'll give it to you again. I was paid for finding out the means to subdue one of the judges of Israel. And it was the Philistine rulers who were the ones that paid this person to do that Mm, sneaking around. Who might that be? Yeah, give us a call. I got some, I got some awesome
0: extra clues. I hope this one goes into extra time because I want to give some extra clues away on this one.
1: I really don't know because the next clue is like super, super easy. Well, I'll <laughs> give mine instead. Okay, fine. We'll do yours instead. Um, I guess we'll keep you happy a while. Yeah. Okay.
0: All right. So, uh, let me see. What have we got for Encounter with God? That- we're talking about anger. Let's go to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5 is where we're going to start. As we, why are we talking about anger today? What we're we talking about yesterday, some principles in marriage. Okay, anger. Yes. All right, these two things go hand in hand. Uh, Do they? <laughs> no. All right, Matthew chapter five, uh, verse twenty-two. Please. I'm very intrigued by 21-22. twenty-two. Study. You're intrigued by what?
1: Today's study, because you know how, like, I'm single, um, and so like I have a list, you know, non-negotiables. Yes. And one of the top non-negotiables for me is that. I'd like my potential future partner to have excellent conflict resolution management skills.
0: I like just, or require?
1: No, absolutely has to have.
0: Yeah, require. So this is non-negotiable. Yeah, yeah non-negotiable. That's yeah. what I said. Because yeah. you said non-negotiable and you said, I'd like. Yeah.
1: There's a the kind of difference well, between like. like or require. That's what I would like. I
0: require someone with, uh, yeah. with good conflict resolution skills.
1: Yeah. They don't know how to deal with their anger or they deal with their anger in an unhealthy manner. It's curtains. Sorry. Yep. There you go. If, that's, if that's your
0: problem, don't bother giving one a call. Yeah,
1: not even going to take you on board. Yep. Okay, Matthew chapter five, verse twenty and twenty-one <laughs> says, "But I warn you, unless your righteousness is better than the righteousness of the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven."
0: Wait up! Wait up! Wait up! Wait up! Wait up, Wait up. In Matthew five, mm-hmm. verse twenty-one, verse twenty
1: and twenty-one. Ah, uh, twenty-one, twenty-two. Okay, my bad. We had a little. Might have been mine. I can't remember.
0: Okay. One of us. One of us messed up. Who knows?
1: Let's get angry about it. No. No. Teaching about anger. Here we go. You have heard that our ancestors were told you must not murder. If you commit murder, you are subject to judgment. But I say, if you are even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. If you call someone an idiot, you are in danger of being brought before the court. And if you curse someone, you are in danger of the fires of hell.
0: Have you ever called anyone an idiot?
1: I'm, I'm really devastated to say yes.
0: <laughs> That's the first
1: time I've ever read that translation. I've usually, usually it says if you say something like raka, doesn't it?
0: Yes, it says raka.
1: If you say raka to your brother, and I'm always in like, the, in the King James Version. I've never said raka to anybody. I don't even know what that means. But when, this is like, if you call someone an idiot, I'm like, wow. <laughs> Damnation upon me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Oops. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. All right, so the Bible says here that, uh, you know, we shouldn't be angry with our brother. Um, that we should not um, be passing judgment on him, we should not be calling him an idiot, uh, that we've been in danger of the judgment um, and that we shouldn't be calling him a fool. Have you ever called anyone a fool?
1: Dude, I'm just about all the conversations I've ever had about politicians. <laughs>
0: See, I don't call people a fool very often and I've never called someone rucker.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: Uh, which is, of course, the words used here in the King James Version. So the King James Version can let you, let you off the hook sometimes. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's how I was, I've always felt about this. I've always been like, oh, I'm off the hook.
0: <laughs> but now, um, oops.
1: Modern translation. NLT
0: comes out and suddenly you find you are not off the hook at all. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then the Bible is very, very clear. We should never be angry, right?
1: It didn't say that, though. Yeah.
0: Whoever yeah. is angry with his brother shall be in danger of the judgment. That's what it says.
1: No, it says you're in danger of judgment but it doesn't say you actually have incurred it. It says you're in danger because you could be doing something wrong Okay,
0: but anything that you do that is wrong places you in danger of the judgment. It doesn't mean that you've necessarily incurred it because your probation is still open and you still have the opportunity for um, salvation and receiving grace.
1: No, no one said that being angry was wrong.
0: But it says if you're angry with your brother, you will be in danger of the judgment. In other words, you need to go and make that right because if you don't, you're going to be a lost person.
1: I just don't think that being angry is wrong. I think that what you do with your anger can be terribly wrong.
0: There's some good um, eisegesis that we have here. Um, that We can go with the... the do you think the, it's
1: possible to prevent yourself from getting angry?
0: Oh, that's an interesting thought. Mm. No. Okay. But I do believe that it's possible for the Holy Spirit working within you to stop you from getting angry.
1: Okay. Okay. That's going to take a lot of self-control to not get angry. Yeah. I mean, what if, doing to me? what if someone was like beating up your son right in front of you?
0: Okay, read, that, read your translation again. I want to hear your translation again because mine has some, uh, some words in it that I think that we, that, that, uh, some context that we need to note.
1: You have heard that our ancestors were told you must not murder, but if you commit murder, you are subject to judgment. But I say if you are even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. If you call someone an idiot, you are in danger of being brought before the court, and if you curse someone, you are in danger of the fires of hell. I've got a. Do you know what? What? If being, you're pointing your uh, finger at me, I'm pointing all my fingers at you. <laughs> if being angry is wrong, then Jesus sinned because Jesus got angry and flipped up some tables in the temple.
0: How do you know that he was angry? He may have just been. He
1: flips tables when they're calm.
0: He may have just been flipping tables. <laughs>
1: Wow, come on now. <laughs> he was angry. Admit it.
0: But the Bible says here. Okay, let me show, let me share what the Bible says in the King James Version. Go that on. it doesn't say in yours.
1: Okay, yeah. Because
0: yours might talk about an I mean, idiot. Yeah,
1: mine is a bit damn damning because it says even if you are angry with someone, you are subject to judgment.
0: Yeah, well, there you go. It's black mm. and white. Yeah. That's what the Bible says. no No excuses, no exceptions, none whatsoever at all.
1: Well, I don't know. Subject to... Anyway. But to say? I say
0: unto you that whosoever is, ang- who is angry with his brother without cause shall be in danger of the judgment. Does that give it a little bit oh, of context?
1: Oh, without cause. Yes. yes. Cause you can, I think you can... So in
0: the temple, did Jesus have cause to be angry?
1: Yes, he did.
0: Okay, so anger then is not necessarily always a bad thing. No. It is usually a bad thing because anger is usually somebody losing the plot. Yeah. And I would say losing the plot is always a bad thing. By the way, um, we do have an answer for our quiz. Congratulations to Shannon from Kurumbong, who answered our quiz correctly. And I never got to give out my really cool clue, give them which was that this particular person, who am I, this is somebody who liked men with short hair.
1: It was also, I'm guessing, the Bible's first and only recorded hairdresser. (laughs) Renegade gorilla hairdresser.
0: (laughs) There you go. There you go. Of course, the answer was
1: Delilah. Yes.
0: Uh, I was so close with my first one. I knew I was something in the back of my mind. Soric. I know that has something to do with the story of Samson, but I just couldn't bring it to mind.
1: Actually, Delilah is one of the costumes that you could potentially wear to the upcoming Maitland costume party and trivia night. So that's the no, 50s, this is not you?
0: a that is not a potential costume that I could wear. Well, you could because the Bible says, "Thou shalt not put on
1: <laughs> well, clothing
0: that pertaineth unto a woman."
1: A, a, a listener could could wear. This. A listener, yes, yeah.
0: yes, you, yeah. a listener, could uh, could. Could do the Delilah costume.
1: Yeah, just come like dress up in like an old sort of style robe, and then have a pair of um, scissors. hairdressing scissors in, <laughs> and then a hank of hair in your other hand. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, just grab a uh, a wig. Just bring a wig. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. And as yeah, yeah. uh, Delilah. Like, yep, I save uh, this guy's head.
1: The theme, if you weren't aware, is something starting with the letter D.
0: Mm, there you go. That's, that actually, that's pretty good.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, yeah, so back to. the... I also just want to mention if if being angry is a sin, like. I mean, wouldn't anger be an emotion that was created by God? Or yep. do you reckon it's That's a... a
0: really good question. Maybe you should give us a call. 1-800-324-843 is the number. Was, is anger an emotion created by God?
1: It's a very hard question because you have to think. Cause I guess because as humans we associate so much wrongdoing with sin and you know, the losing of temper and the flying off the handle. It's hard to think of it in any other way. <laughs>
2: You're listening to
1: Faith FM, Positively Different Radio. Okay, so reason, let's go over to... Oh. But the reason I ask is mm-hmm. because if you think about it, how often in the Bible do you read about God's wrath? Mm-hmm. And that's anger. Mm-hmm. So God gets angry.
0: What's the difference between wrath and wrath?
1: Pronunciation.
0: I've often wondered that. My KJV has wrath and wrath.
1: Wait, how do they spell it? With an O and an A?
0: W-R-R-R-A-T-H-E-R-A-T-H-E-R-A-T-H-E-R-A-T-H-E-R-A-T-H-E-R-A-T-H-E-R-A-T-H-E-R-A-T-H-E-R-A-T-H O-T-H for wrath, uh-huh. W-R-A-T-H for wrath.
1: Man, can someone call us you and should, tell you us? should
0: hear You should hear back in the day, and I'm talking back in the day, um, this old preacher, Kenneth Cox, used to be this amazing evangelist and he had a really strong Texan, Texan accent uh-huh. and he used to talk about wrath. And the way it came out, is like wrath. It's just a, I can't even do it. <laughs> it was kind of cool how he used to talk about God's wrath.
1: Well, he, well, if God has wrath or wrath, then maybe maybe it's past and present tense. But he um, but he must get angry as well. And if he gets angry, how can we possibly say that anger is a sin? I definitely think that, I definitely think that anger is not a sin, but just the outworkings of it, depending on how we deal with it.
0: No, mm, there you go. Okay, so wrath is mentioned forty-seven times in the Bible. Let me just find out about wrath here. It is mentioned 197 times in the Bible. So there you go, wrath and wrath. If you know the answer, maybe you can give us a call, 1-800-324-843, and help us out with our Old English today. Let's go over to the book of Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26, please, Mon. Ephesians, Ephesians chapter, chapter four, 4 and verse 26. I love
1: it when you open right to the page like you're some sort of a genius. If you are a faith... Quit stealing.
0: Mm, Instead, use your hands
1: for good hard work and then give generously to others in need.
0: I like that verse.
1: It's a good verse.
0: But it's not the one that I wanted.
1: That's a bummer because I was going to tell a story about a thief. But anyway, go on.
0: You can tell a story about a thief if you want.
1: So I I met a lady at a cafe the other day. Mm -hmm. She was witnessing to me. It was the same lady that that, um,
0: prayed for you the other day. Prayed for me. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And she was telling me how um, she used to be a terrible thief. Okay. And she'd steal all the time. Even though she was a Christian, she used to steal and steal and steal. And, um, and she heard about a guy who stole a million dollars and she was like thinking to herself, what an idiot he's just sold his soul for a mere million dollars to spend on this earth. And then she was working at a, um, a clothing factory and she used to steal the smaller items of clothing like the underwear. So she would fold up, fold up a piece of underwear and, and slip it into her sock. And then she'd you know, be right on the bus home with her, with her socks full of stolen underwear. And, uh, and she said to me, she was sitting on the bus one day Thinking about this idiot who sold his soul for a million dollars, and the Lord spoke to her heart and said, "Well, you just sold your soul for a pair of undies." Wow! Yeah, and that and from that day forward, she who's, never who's stole. Who's the bigger idiot? Exactly, and she never stole another thing. Mm. So it's and I was really impressed that even while you're sinning, the Lord will speak to you.
0: Mm. Yeah. That's he a cool story. Right I'm course. glad you yeah. shared that uh, testimony. It's great testimony right yeah. there. All right, Ephesians chapter four, verse twenty-six. Twenty-six. Okay. Which one did you read? 28. Oh, okay. <laughs> cool. Let's read 26.
1: And don't sin by letting anger control you. Oh, yes. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry.
0: See, there you go. The Bible says you should never get angry.
1: Now I'm going to read the rest of the verse. No, no, no. There's stop right. Comma. Stop There's a comma. No, no, it's not a full stop. It's any, a comma.
0: Don't need to read anything. I'm going seven. to read
1: verse 27. Okay. For anger... Gives a foothold to the devil.
0: Okay, but that's still the same thing.
1: Nah, you not. should never
0: get angry. Nah, not. Never, it says it in black and white. Nuh-uh. Never get angry.
1: Well, then you, should, you need to have a talk to God because God's getting pre-angry. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. What does it say if it doesn't say you should never get angry?
1: It said don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. And don't sin while you are angry because the devil has, has an opening when you're angry.
0: My translation says this. Be angry.
1: Ooh, okay. That's what my translation wow, says. Okay. My translation
0: says, be angry and sin not.
1: Ah, yes.
0: Okay, so where do you draw That's the line? That's the
1: challenge, isn't it? That
0: is the challenge uh-huh. right there. Uh, let not the sun go down on your wrath, not wrath, wrath, mm-hmm. um, neither give place to the devil. Yes. Okay, so let's talk about this then. The Bible says, be angry
1: yep. and sin not. Yep.
0: How do you actually do that from a practical perspective? How do you actually be angry and then not sin?
1: Um, well, and what's the
0: difference? Where does it where does it cross over? When you when you get angry, where does it cross over from righteous indignation to sin? sin?
1: I guess you can experience the emotion uh, whilst not breaking the Ten Commandments.
0: Okay, so does it mean that we can rant and rave and throw things around and have a tizzy fit and throw a tantrum and be a child?
1: Ah, uh, I want to say no. <laughs>
0: Is that breaking any of the Ten Commandments if we do that?
1: No, but you're not really exemplifying good Christian behavior, are you? I mean, then again, would you say that Jesus flipping over tables in the temple was him having a bit of a tizzy fit, ranting and raving? Not at all.
0: I don't think that Jesus lost control. I think he was totally under control that that uh, entire time. And this is the the big difference that I see.
1: Do you or don't you have control?
0: Yes. Mm -hmm. If the moment that you lose control, you have become a child. Yep. And you have, you know, you've pretty much lost all rights to any kind of. Um, well, you've, you've thrown your dignity out the window. It's as simple as that. You've got no dignity left. The moment, yeah. the moment you lose control. And the devil's taken over. And the devil has taken over. It is the, you know, self control comes from the Holy Spirit. Loss of self control comes from Satan. Mm. So you've now walked into the devil's playground. Uh, the devil has taken over. And so you know, you know it when you've lost control, right? Yes. And, and and we've all been there, we all flip out, we all, you know, have a tizzy fit over, you know, whatever it might be and lose control. Um, and it's something that we all need to be aware of and to yeah, never never go back there.
1: How do you recommend we avoid that?
0: Losing control? Yeah, while you're angry. Yeah, it's one of those one of those um, interesting things because rarely in a situation of anger do you get the opportunity to sit down and say, okay, I'm going to face this today and it's going to make me angry, so let me think about how I'm going to handle it. Yeah,
1: no one gets to script it, do they?
0: No, you don't get to script those uh, moments. moments when anger comes up. Um, and so the this is a very, very valid point, is how do you avoid it when it comes up? Really, the only way that I can see is to be filled with the Holy Spirit all the time so that when you get angry, it is actually anger that comes from the Holy Spirit. It is righteous indignation. Um, it is anger in defense of God and um, and His ways. And it is a situation in which you never, ever lose control.
1: And there's actually some really great examples of this in the Bible, like Moses when he struck the rock. He lost his temper. And, um, and yeah, and he, and he paid the consequences for that. Um, but yeah, it's a really good point in that we should definitely always be filled with the Holy Spirit. We should definitely have, we should be cultivating that connection with God all the time so that in moments like these, that connection can sort of rise to the surface and you can see why it is you needed to have that connection. Mm. Yeah,
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Alright, let's move on. Let's go over to Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 9. Ecclesiastes. Song of Solomon. Not Song of Solomon, but Solomon had Lots of wise things to say, particularly about you know emotions like anger and so forth. So let's see what uh, he has to say over here. Ecclesiastes chapter 7 and verse 9 is the passage that we're looking for. What have you got for us there, Mon? I think have I've got, lost
1: the book of Ecclesiastes. You don't have that book it in your Bible? It might have Bible? been removed, yeah.
0: You didn't like Ecclesiastes, so you just tore it out? Yeah, I was done with it. I verse, think it's because I, I, um, um, I bragged that I got
1: to I I bragged that got to the book of Ephesians so quickly. Now my comeuppance has come. Pride comes for a fall. No, I can't find Ecclesiastes. Oh, there it is. Never mind. Don't mind me. Ignore me. Well, oh, cha- you do have it in your Bible. Yeah, yeah, Isn't that surprising? I think they put it back. <laughs> the right. Last what chapter are we in? Chapter 7 mm. and verse 8. Chapter 7 and verse 8.
0: No. Chapter 7 and verse
1: 9. Control your temper, for anger labels you a fool. Mm.
0: Okay, that's a, uh, that's a pretty simple statement right there. Mine says here, uh, do not be hasty in spirit to be angry. Yes. For anger rests in the bosom of fools.
1: I think it's important to note that you know, although God gets angry, he the Bible tells us he's slow to anger.
0: This yeah, absolutely. And this is this is where you've got to, where you've got to look for real strength. Particularly when it comes to the issue of self-control. There have been many times where you know, particularly in the past masculinity has been seen as being as having the ability to be able to lose control okay and so somebody who is able to lose control and is able to um, to to use that power to then control other people for instance Nebuchadnezzar for example who loses control uh, in Daniel chapter uh, two and commands to destroy all of the wise men his entire cabinet. In Babylon, um, that is often seen as being a sign of strength. Mm. He's a strong leader because he can do that. Whereas in actual fact, he's a very, very weak person. You know, if you look at, um, you know, Alexander the Great, for instance, and how Alexander could, you know, conquer the world, but he couldn't conquer himself. Yeah. And because of that, he's seen as being a very, very weak person. You know, one of the most powerful military political leaders of all time, and yet incredibly weak because he couldn't conquer himself.
3: It knocked me down, and dragged me out, and left me there for dead. It took all the freedom I wanted, and gave me something else instead blew my mind, it bled me dry It hit me like a long goodbye Nobody here knows better than I That it's a good thing Love is a good thing It'll fall like rain on your parade Laugh at the plans that you tried to make Wear you down till your heart just breaks And it's a good thing Love is a good
4: thing
3: In the middle of the night It'll take just a little too much It'll burn you like a cinder Till you're tender to the touch It'll chase you down and swallow you whole It'll make your blood run hot and cold Like a thief in the night It'll steal your soul And that's a good thing Love is a good thing it follow you down To the ruins of the great divide Open oh, Try to hide there in the rubble of the heart that died. You'll find a good thing. Cause Love is a good thing. And if you're lucky, you'll never make it out alive And that's a good thing Love is a good thing It can hurt like a blast from a hand grenade When all that used to matter is blown away There in the middle of the mess it made You'll find a good thing Yes, it's worth every penny of the price you pay It's a good thing Love is a good thing Thank you.
0: That was Andrew Peterson with "Love Is a Good Thing" here on Faith FM. Let's have another. Let's have another quiz, Mon.
1: Yes, indeed. This has been snapped up. It's been gone, Gonzo. Congratulations to uh, Shannon from Kurenberg. who got uh,
0: Delilah as the correct answer.
1: Second quiz for this morning, as our first quiz was answered. What number am I? The chapter in Exodus that records the first Passover and the death of all firstborn in Egypt. Mm, give us a call if you know what number that is, Lyle's. <laughs> Thankfully, looking confused.
0: The chapter in Exodus with the first Passover and the death of the firstborn in Egypt. Okay, oh, it yeah, shouldn't be yeah, too yeah, hard yeah. to find. Just read Exodus. Yeah.
1: yeah. You should be. Yeah. Pretty easy. Lyle, you said something funny before. I did. Righteous indignation.
0: Well, you didn't laugh?
1: Well, I guess it wasn't funny. Ha ha, more like funny, like huh? Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. Like, that's funny. Yeah. What's that? Righteous indignation.
1: Righteous indignation. Okay. It's like a Christian way of saying anger? It's Christianese. Anger? Yeah.
0: It's a Christianese way of saying being angry and not being sinful at the same time.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. Yes. All
0: right. It's kind of, uh, and, and Christians tend to use it for justification for whenever they want to get angry. Yeah,
1: that's what I was just going to say. It sounds like it's when like, they finally lost the plot.
0: Well, it was righteous indignation because I was angry at the sinner, not the sinner. But often that is not the case.
1: So it should mean anger that had a positive outcome as opposed to anger that had a negative outcome.
0: Exactly, exactly. So there is a place for anger, but anger must be under control. There is never, ever a place. I think this is the the moral of the story. The take-home thought for today really is there is never a place for for, uh, losing control. Yes, true. There is never an excuse for it, never. under any circumstances, uh-uh. whatsoever at all. It does not exist. Nope. Losing control should never be a part of the human experience. Let's go over to James chapter 1.
1: James chapter 1.
0: James 1.
1: I hope they put this one in my Bible. I'm First aware.
0: 19 and 20. James
1: chapter 1. you. Understanding this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen... Slow to speak and slow to get angry. Human nat- human anger, sorry, does not produce the righteousness God desires.
0: Okay, so what does the Bible say about angry? Here, being getting, getting angry. Does the Bible say in this verse that you should never get angry?
1: My translation seems to be down on anger altogether. My translation seems to make it sound that any kind of anger is naughty, naughty.
0: Read that verse again.
1: Uh, Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires.
0: Okay, so I read that verse, and I read that verse as being very positive towards anger.
1: I mean, human anger sort of puts a different spin on it. It's like, yeah, if you can have God's anger, it's fine, but human anger. mm -mm.
0: But that verse actually tells you to get angry.
1: Slowly. Yes. Slowly, yep, yep.
0: Okay, so my translation, it says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let e- every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath.
1: How much different would the world be if we all followed that?
0: How much better would the world be if we all use King James English? <laughs> <laughs> Wild. Um, but
1: just, you know, quick to listen and slow to speak. It, it
0: is. This is one of those verses of the Bible that is just gold. Mm. and you are, you are very true, you are very right when you say, if the world did this, you know, um, if we did a lot of listening, very little speaking, and thought long and hard about whether we needed to be angry or not.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And really, you know, anger is a decision.
1: Uh, absolutely. It absolutely. is something
0: that you decide to do. Mm-hmm. There is no such thing as, you know, falling into anger Anger is a choice.
1: Anger, yeah. No one can force you to be angry.
0: That's right. And nobody makes you get angry. Mm-hmm. Oh, this person makes me so angry. No, they don't. You've chosen nobody be. makes you angry. Anger is a choice mm-hmm. and it's your choice of whether you want to be angry or not. Yep. And you need to recognize that. You need to face up and deal with it. And if you are the kind of person who um, is, gets angry a lot or lives an angry life or tends to lose the plot, um, then maybe you need to look at doing an anger management course. Yep. Um, and, and no shame and, in and doing that. that. No, of course not. Yep. Yeah, people do these kind of courses all the time to uh, to make their life better. Yeah. Uh, why don't you continue on there for us, Mon. Read for us verse 20.
1: A uh, uh, human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires.
0: That's all it says in verse 20.
1: Yeah. What does yours say?
0: For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God.
1: Okay. Mind, I mean, the same thing. Yeah. is pretty good too. It says, So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word of God, uh, the word that God has planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your souls.
0: You have to hear uh, verse 21 in my translation. Go on. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity, or superf- not just ordinary superfluity, but superfluity of naughtiness. <laughs> And receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. See, didn't I say the world would be a better place if we all spoke to KJV?
1: Fine, you win. (laughs) It's
0: just awesome. Okay, so the Bible is very clear about getting angry um that it is something that we need to be very very careful of it is a very very dangerous emotion it can very very easily get out of control but it is something that is important for human beings a part of being a human being particularly a human being who lives in a world of sin mm. and removes sin from the equation and suddenly there is no need for anger um it it uh it without sin um, it simply does not exist
1: that's interesting because you know we you think well why would god create anger as an emotion when really it is deeply connected to um uh the the, the I don't know say the creation of sin but the the um the existence of sin like you just said like without sin there would be no reason to get angry so i think that's why of all the emotions it's the most dangerous one that the bible warns us about all the time um because you know usually sin is involved when he, when anger follows so yeah, very interesting point.
0: Okay, so here's a question for you, Mon. Yeah. When you're angry, you're pretty miserable to be around, right? Yes. That's, that's the nature of human yes. beings. Yeah, yeah. Um, when a human being is angry, they are not a fun human being to be in the presence of. No. Okay, then the Bible also speaks about, you know, be angry and sin not. So there's an appropriate time and place to be angry. Uh, so how can we, through the power of God, not let that anger make us and others around us miserable? How does that happen? How do you actually make that work?
1: I think it comes back to what we said before, we need to have that daily connection uh, with God so that when this stuff uh, crops up, um, that you can be angry and sin not. So you can, you know, not falter from what God wants you to do and and to stay uh, Christian. Have
0: you ever been angry and sinned not? Can you give me an example? I hope I have. You hope you have? I
1: hope I have, but I don't know. I mean, I think think there's plenty of stuff that happens in society that makes us angry. I mean, even just this morning we're talking about, um, you know, the trial that's happening there and we got pretty angry about it. Yeah. That's the righteous indignation. I don't think we sinned. Did we sin? I don't think so.
0: I don't think so. I think there are probably some other people out there who did, but that's okay. (laughs) You can call us on 1-800-324-843 is our number and uh, you can let us know about that. Yeah. and uh, yeah, we had a caller a call through earlier. Um, uh, Corby, I think the name was Calby, Calby, um, who was talking about you know the different different uh, kinds of anger and how to be angry and 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 not to be sinful. Yeah. Um, so yeah, call us up, share us your opinion. We'd love to hear from you. Um, in the uh, the last portion of the show here, always good to hear from our listeners um, to get some feedback from them. And, uh, yeah, of course, there's a, a quick reminder also if you're having struggle with your um, radio signal to um, jump online. You can catch us yes, absolutely. live right there. And you can get a perfect signal right across Australia. faithfm.com.au or use the TuneIn Radio app. We, um, we tell our delayed broadcast listeners about this every day, but you're listening to the live show if you're listening to us uh, today on Wednesday. Mm. And so um, we never really get to tell our our uh our live listeners um about the how 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 easily you can get a perfect signal coming into your motor vehicle whatever that motor vehicle might be or uh wherever you are anyway moving on we have uh carly carly fletcher and this is the captain Super. And I'd like to invite you to join us at Bunbury Seventh Day Adventist Church. We are a vibrant church community that meets every Sabbath at 9.30am for Bible study, followed by a worship service at 11am. There are a number of groups that meet throughout the week where we eat, share and study the Bible together, including groups for families and young people. For more information, please contact me on 042-896-553. That's 042-896-553.
1: Are you looking for free wholesome fun for the kids these school holidays?
0: Maitland Church is having its winter break frog fun day again for six to nine year olds.
1: What do you mean frog lyle? Is this a fun day for amphibians?
0: No. Frog stands for fully relying on God and this holiday's theme is dare to be different.
1: Activities include songs, Bible stories, crafts and snacks.
0: This is a one-day-only special event on Wednesday, the 10th of July, starting at 9am.
1: To register your kids, call 0411 222 The
0: address is 72 Brunswick Street, East Maitland.
1: Kids, you are welcome to bring all your friends, but book now as spaces are limited.
0: That number again, 0411. One one, triple two seven six zero.
2: You're listening to Faith FM, positively different Radio.
4: If
1: we're honest. Welcome back. You are listening to Breakfast Show with Lyle and Mon. I'm going to give you another clue for our second quiz of the day because our terribly smart individuals that listen to this show have already snapped up the first quiz this morning and we're already on to the second one. So... This is clue number two for the what number in my quiz. The synagogue ruler's daughter whom Jesus raised from the dead was this many years old. How old was the daughter of the synagogue ruler who Jesus raised from the dead? Give us a call 1-800-FAITH-FM. Tell us the answer. I will send you the prize. La, y'all, it is time for Q of the
0: D. Question of the day. I what do you got for ready. us, man? I
1: hope you're ready, dude. Um well it turns out I'm the one who's not ready. Oh here we go, here it is. I was just wondering where that question went. Okay, so while please tell us. Is Revelation twelve seventeen and Revelation fourteen twelve? the Ten Commandments, or just all the things Jesus told us to do?
0: Really good question. And I would add to that, of course, Revelation chapter 22, verse 14, which, is blessed, which says, Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. So just to look at these other verses, you've got the three verses here from Revelation that really focus in on the commandments. And so our first one is 1217, the dragon was angry with the woman went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus. So there are two things that go hand in hand here. One is the commandments of God. The other is the testimony of Jesus. Then, of course, if you go down to 14, verse 12, it says, here is the patience of the saints. Here are those that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Is this the Ten Commandments? Or is this just all the things Jesus said to do. That is the question. Yeah, they, the answer is this is the Ten Commandments, and we know this because of the context. So there is some immediate context and there is some broader context to this particular passage right here. For instance, Revelation chapter 14 and verse 12 is a part of a passage, a section of the Bible, a section of the book of Revelation called the Three Angels' Messages. And so chapter 14, essentially what you have is this. You have a special group of people. That's in the beginning of the chapter. Then you have a special message about the end times that is in the center of the chapter. Then you have a special time. So special people with a special message for a special time, the time of the judgment, at the end of the chapter. And this is part of that section which is about the special message that is to go out. Now, I want you to notice the message here. If you look at it uh, right here in verse 7, this is where this special message, the Bible calls it the everlasting gospel, begins. The angel saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to him for the hour of his judgment has come and worship him that made heaven and earth and the sea and the fountains of waters. Now the final lines of that particular verse right there are a direct quote from the Ten Commandments. And so just after quoting the Ten Commandments, the Bible goes on to say, Here is the patience of the saints, here are those that keep the commandments of God. And so if you look at the first angel's message, you've got, you know, fear God, give glory to him, the hour of his judgment is come, worship the creator. Then you've got Babylon is fallen, then you've got uh, judgments on those who worship, worship the beast, receive the mark of the beast, worship the image of the beast, etc. Here are those that keep the commandments of God is a direct reference back to those who are righteous during this time period. And those who are righteous during this time period are described as those who worship God, by keeping the commandments. It's a direct quote from the fourth commandment. It's a direct quote from the Sabbath commandment. Okay, so the immediate context in this passage is pointing specifically at the Ten Commandments. That's the point. The next issue that we're going to look at um, as we're looking at you know the broader context of Revelation 12, 13, 14. These are three chapters that all go together. They're all telling the same story, the history of God's church from the time of John through to the end of time. The theme here is worship. And we know that worship is not defined by uh, who you say you worship. It's defined by what you do. Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And so we know that God's commandments, His Ten Commandments, once again it's a reference to the Ten Commandments right there. Keeping those Ten Commandments is an expression of our love to God. And by the way, you keep the Ten Commandments, you have done everything that Jesus told us to do.
1: If you have a question, give us a call. one 800 faith of is our number. We love to answer your questions on air.
3: Be satisfied with vain and empty
4: Until the moment you rest
0: That was City of Light with Blessed Assurance here on Faith FM. We've come to the end of the show, which means that we are about to give something away. We were just talking about Kenneth Cox during the Bible study. Yes. And his Texan accent.
1: We were. If you would
0: like to read one of his books.
1: Do you want me to give it one more clue? Sure, why not? okay what number am I the third clue the number of stones used by Elijah to make an altar on Mount Carmel Ooh, there you go give us a call win the prize for that but in the meantime if you don't know the answer to that don't worry just call us be the first person through and you will get a copy of today's giveaway which is Four Winds of Revelation by indeed the man himself Kenneth Cox uh, be the first person on 1-800-FAITH-FM it's 1-800-324-843 and you can get a fantastic copy uh, this book is just really really great um Four Winds of Revelation, uh, Pastor Kenneth Cox, he actually examines what the Bible says about the crisis that we are facing and shares, um, you know, what it tells us about the future and, you know, should we be afraid? Um, and, and how the Bible offers hope in the coming of Jesus. So, you know, we see so much on TV, natural disasters, all these, the world is just coming apart at the seams. And, uh, you know, injustices just daily and just tragedy. Um, all that was predicted in the Bible. And uh, the Bible's been on point ever since. And so if you'd like a copy of uh, Four Winds of Revelation by Kenneth Cox, be the first person, like I said, right now, 1-800-FAITH-FM, one 800
0: Okay, so veteran evangelist Kenneth Cox right there. Grab his book, give us a call straight away, and it's yours. I can see the, uh, the phone's running hot. Maybe that was somebody snapping, yes. snapping it up already before we've Good. even finished our show.
1: Good on them, I say.
0: Absolutely, the quick and the dead round here.
1: What if, what if people want to study the Bible while? Can they study the Bible for us?
0: They can indeed. So we have uh, been sitting here all morning watching a stream of Bible workers walking through the door right here who are now working in the uh, Newcastle-ish region, Central mm-hmm. Coast, Raymond Terrace out in Currie I understand you have some Bible workers living in your house but there's,
1: Newcastle, uh, there's Newcastles there's, uh, there's, there's Bible, Bible workers right all across. across the country. that's right absolutely
0: yeah. um, so if
1: you'd like to study the Bible then, you know, you can actually get in contact uh, with us and we will find a Bible worker in your area to come out and study the Bible with you or if you don't want to talk to someone it's fine you can do it online yep. do it through paper courses
0: or if you'd like to talk to lots of people yeah do go a to a group small group
1: yeah yeah
0: I met a guy who called up the other day and invited him along to small group and uh, there he is part of small group already anyway that's Faith FM
2: God hasn't let me go Cause I've let him go many times He keeps amazing me With how he's changing me I'm holding on to time And I keep on telling myself Don't dig up what you sowed in faith Don't give up what won't be